We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad time with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Fanball. Check our site out at Fanball.com. We had a lot of crazy stuff go on in the world of the NFL today. We had three major events. Major events. We had Ezekiel Elliott suspended for six games. We had Sammy Watkins get traded, and Jordan Matthews gets traded to Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. All, 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 all having to do with the Buffalo Bills, at least the two trades. Right. The, the co-hosts we have today are different than normal. We do have Jay Clemens here, but we have Matt Harrison instead of John Tuvey. How are you doing, Matt? Addition by subtraction, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love Tuvey. We all love Tuvey. So, Jay... What did you think of the things that happened today? Well, let's, let's start with the obvious, the big one, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. Uh, you know, it's very similar to the Ben Roethlisberger thing from a few years ago where you have a suspension but no actual arrest or anything like that. Uh, it's six games, which is the baseline for their personal conduct uh, thing as it relates to the alleged domestic assault. Personally, I think uh, it'll come down to four games, just like the Big Ben thing, so... Uh, when I hear something like this, it's shocking. But at the same time, um, you know, I didn't really deduct Le'Veon Bell that much last year for missing three games. So why would I do the same uh, with the Zeke? I did find it interesting that it was all based on the domestic assault, and it was not had nothing. I to have do trouble with believing that. And the funny thing is, you're never going to hear what the NFL had in terms of their evidence and things like that, unless it goes to court, like Brady's. Then you might hear some things. Uh, perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. What do you think, Matt? I'm just looking at how this pertains to fantasy, and in, and in this case, I'm looking at Zeke Elliott dropping quite a bit in ADP, mm-hmm. obviously. But I think he's probably still worth a late first or an early second because, uh, Scott, you and I discussed off-air, he gets his hardest schedule in those first four, five, six weeks of the season, mm-hmm. and, then, and then it's kind of cake the rest of the way for Zeke. So all you got to do now is pair him with a backfield. Like uh, I believe we saw Baltimore and Carolina uh, both had backfields that had some significantly easier schedules in the first five or six weeks. And and then you can you can kind of make a play. I like the Baltimore angle because I think you can get them really late. Danny Woodhead and Terrence West. Mm-hmm. Take them in the you know 12th and 13th round in, in your draft. You got Baltimore to cover for the Zeke position for five weeks. Then when Zeke comes back, you got a great running back that uh, should lead you to a championship down the line. You know, Matt, it's right. If they presume it down, uh, the suspension down to four games, uh, game number five would be Green Bay at home, bye week at San Fran, which had the NFL's worst, worst. rushing defense yep. last year. Then you've got, oh, geez, I'm, uh, Washington after that, Kansas City and Atlanta. You know, just like Le'Veon last year, I don't know if it's going to mean anything once uh, once Zeke returns from the suspension, especially if it's only four games. 
Yeah, that that stretch, it's like a seven-game stretch where they play bottom half defenses after their bye week. That could be that could be really lucrative if Zeke only gets suspended for well, four or five. Jay touched on a point too. I think last year we were looking at Le'Veon Bell coming into kind of a similar situation. He got, he had a three-game three. suspension, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So let let's just say he tampers this down to a four-gamer. How many people after like the second or third week of the season where Le'Veon was still suspended were trying like hell to trade mm-hmm. for Le'Veon yes. Bell? And nobody's giving him up after sitting yeah. on him for two or three weeks. Zeke's going to be a guy that you might be able to get a little bit later than normal and just get awesome fantasy value out of right now. You think of a guy in a seasonal fantasy league that starts guy or girl that starts 0-2, that's when you make the move to trade for Zeke because they cannot afford to go to 0-3, something like that. This is a perfect situation for people who end up drafting well and have plenty of depth. See, I, that's the problem, though, is I don't think even if you go 0-2 or 0-3, you can afford to trade Zeke if if you're the Zeke owner at that point. you got to look yeah, at it and go. Yeah, but what's the difference? If you're 0-3... You know, chances are, if you're in a competitive league, you're probably not going to come back and, and uh, get to the playoffs. Well, if you're in a competitive league, you might not come back, but who gives you your best chance of coming True. back? Without a doubt. Ezekiel Without Elliott doubt. does if he's coming back in week five. I think right now is probably the best time to try to trade for Zeke. Yeah. Like right now. If you're and, in a dynasty or empire league right now, yeah. I think this is this is where the bread is buttered, but I still think it's going to be tough. Uh, I don't think it'll matter daily wise. Uh, You know, the second you get a chance to start him, especially if green Bay and San Fran are on the docket, uh, you'll, you'll do it in every case. Yeah. Every day going forward from here, it's going to be, it's going to be harder and harder to trade Zeke. I think this is the best time to trade for Zeke after the, after today, not going to be so easy. What do you think of Watkins in Los Angeles, Jay? Well, I just wrote about this uh, for Fanball. It's on the site right now. This is how I let it off. Sammy Watkins has to be the happiest man in America today because, you know, the perception is, well, you're going to a team that didn't have much of an offense last year. You're going in the middle of the preseason or middle of camp and that you just won't be able to catch. There was no upside to staying in Buffalo. You know, the the new regime, they really had no interest in developing him. They had already declined the fifth-year option. So, to me, this makes perfect sense that he would go to L.A. right now. With all due respect to Tavon Austin, when you cannot be a team's number one receiver when you have a greater pot likelihood of 200 rushing yards in the season compared to 60 receptions. So, it, it was in very important for the Rams to get somebody of like Watkins. You know, everyone wants to dog him for being injured. But his first two years in the league, he had nine games of 100 yards receiving. That's pretty darn good. If you're in a two-quarterback league right now, would you rather have Tyrod Taylor or Jared Goff? Oh, man, that's tough because you know how much I love Tyrod Taylor, but now he has – Tyrod Taylor lost his deep threat, and he's now looking at three guys who play the slot, and and he's a deep ball thrower. Yeah. So (laughs) at at this point, you got to look at it and go – Goff and Taylor were close before. It, they might have flip-flopped uh, in, in, in rankings. I would take Taylor right now, gun to the head, but uh, I think the upside there would definitely be with Goff. With Sean McVay, you, if this was Jeff Fisher's baby, no way. But you cannot underrate the effect that uh, Sean yeah. McVay can have. He's He was let coordinator for the Redskins the last three years, coinciding with Kirk Cousins' absurd development. Take it from some guy who went to Michigan State, never thought Cousins would be what he is today. And uh, a lot of that uh, came Michigan under— Michigan State has a football team? Yes, I know. When you're 3-8, you kind of forget about it. But, uh, yeah, apparently we have a football team still. And uh, I thought they were know, just basketball. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we that's a good thing, too. Matt, uh, Matt do you think Watkins and Woods and— mm-hmm. um, 
Austin can be the new the new Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon slash Jamison Crowder for St. Louis no. and Sean McVay. I, I, I've never thought Robert Woods was that good of a player. No. He's never flashed anything absolutely you fantastic. You're pissing 2v off right I know, now. but I think you're a little bit of a closet Robert <laughs> am, Woods guy, too. I like Robert too. Woods. I, I don't understand that Robert Woods' love last year, what, I think was his best season, 51 catches, 76 targets, 613 yards with basically no other receiving core when Watkins was hurt. Let's be fair. Tyrod Taylor barely throws the ball. So. Josh Reynolds from Texas A&M and Cooper Cup, two rookies. They they were not weaned on the bad habits that they would have picked up under the uh, Jeff Fisher regime. Cup is still They're coming in. They'll contribute right away. The tight ends may be a lost cause, but Cup, Reynolds, Watkins, put it all together. Tavon Austin, I think a numbers game that kind of pinches out Robert Woods. Watkins is a little interesting in this scenario. I, I liked him a little bit better with Tyrod Taylor, and in my Empire rankings, uh, I just downed. Sammy Watkins just a little bit in the rankings right now just because of the unknown with Goff, right. uh, whether or not he can throw a deep ball, whether or not they're using Todd Gurley primarily as the offensive, the lone offensive weapon. And really, can Sammy Watkins keep his feet healthy, yeah. which he's never been able to do. So I, I'm, I'm pretty nervous with Sammy Watkins. I don't think he's – where was he going ADP-wise before mm. in a redraft league? Third to fourth. Third to fourth. Yeah. So I, I think you probably – knock that to fourth to fifth maybe and I don't really want him as my second wide receiver right now I take the opposite view like now granted we're not talking about a seismic leap here but in a PPR ADP situation I had him roughly 28th to start the day and now he's up to 25th because uh I just think the Sean McVay so still third but just the top of the third I think Sean McVay impact will help him we're not talking about a guy going from 25 to 15 it's just that in that class of Kelvin Benjamin Des Bryant uh, Alshon Jeffrey, people like that. I, I think he stands a better chance. Well, but wait, let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey, though, because Alshon Jeffrey just yes. became a significant dude yep. in Philly kind of all by himself because Jordan Matthews gone. Jordan Matthews went to Buffalo to take care of Sammy Watkins. And nobody mm-hmm. respects Torrey Smith outside of one great game a year. <laughs> well, he will drum- have that one great game a yeah. year. He's like Deshaun Jackson light. <laughs> <laughs> really light. Yeah. There is a heavy drumbeat for Nelson Aguilar, too, but I think this says a he lot. He needs to prove that first, you know. Like yeah, that. he needs to prove it in actual games and not in, in shorts. But You know, in an odd way, this might uh, encourage the Eagles to bring back Doriel Green Beckham. Like, uh, he, the kids are physical talent. Like, he is. you can never have enough good quality assets in the red zone. Uh, especially that are built like that. So, uh, you know, I'm, true. this is obviously I mean, it's possible, key, but I wouldn't be shocked if he came back. So out of the three receivers that were greatly affected by this today, I think it's Alshon, Sammy Watkins, and Jordan Matthews, obviously. I like Alshon the best out of the three of them because Matthews was really turning into Wentz's favorite target, it looked like. Uh, Zach Ertz might be might be way better off at, at the tight end position too, but mm, I think Elshon yeah. now looks like the guy at wide receiver, and as long as he can stay healthy, I like the offense better around Carson Wentz than I do uh, Jared Goff in, in in Los Angeles. So. That's where I'd be investing my wide receiver dollars out of those three guys. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. You can see the Carolina impact coming to Buffalo. Rick Dennison was, what, the Ravens and Broncos offense coordinator, power football. You have Sean McDermott coming from Carolina where they had power football under you know Jonathan Stewart. It, the, the bread and butter for the Bills, fantasy-wise, real-world-wise, whatever, now involves the running tandem of LaShawn McCoy 
uh, and, jo- Jonathan, and Jonathan Williams. Williams. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about the Eagles, not just the Eagles, but about Alshon is I moved him up about seven spots in my rankings. I, I didn't even move Watkins. Kept him at wide receiver 15. For me, it, it's the players around him. I, I think just Watkins just move is what he is. But yeah. I, I, think, I think the notion of what it says about Alshon and mm-hmm. how he's, he's had a lot of trouble and injury in the last few years, Philly must feel very confident yeah. in what they have trading away Jordan Matthews and, and, and bringing in a big cornerback. I think that their offense is going to miss a beat here. You yeah. know what's a little odd, Destonomy, that they threw the first three passes of last night's game or Thursday's game against uh, Minnesota, went, all went to Watkins, but none of them were of the deep variety. So they had to know that they were going to make this trade but, you know, uh, before that game started, or at least they were on the precipice of that trade, and yet they didn't really showcase them with any deep balls. Everything was this kind of intermediate thing. Don't where, get them hurt. If, where with LA, if, if they knew it was almost done, though, they're not going to throw okay, the deep yeah. ball and try to get well, them hurt. Not even they're, play them at all. Like, yeah. uh, uh, but here's the thing. With the Rams, he will now be tasked with the, the notion of stretching the field. And this brings Tavon to a classic slot receiver where he should have been this whole time. I know he lines up there, but they, they kind of fool themselves into thinking he can play wide. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely was not effective playing other positions. He's he's far better in that role. We haven't talked about Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris. Who I don't stands think we to, need to. No, but who, <laughs> I just don't think we need to. But who, we can. Who stands to improve? Who stands to really, like— I don't want either of them. Yeah, know, but you but, didn't like from want a, somebody from, for the first. Here's the but thing, from a fantasy people, standpoint, I don't want either of from them. From a daily I'll, standpoint, no, you, not from a daily. From a season-long standpoint, okay. I don't want anything to do with what them because they get, they get the worst schedule of everybody. Or, or, or yeah, or, yeah it they is. Get, worse. They get the yep. worst schedule of what Dallas gets. So yeah, you're probably going to get a healthy dose. It's probably going to be sixty forty McFadden. So it's not going to be a good time split. Yep. You're, you're not going to get 100% McFadden on this. And, and he's got a terrible schedule. They're probably going to try to showcase Dak a little bit more, maybe maybe work in the passing game a little bit more, get Dez out of that funk that he was in last year. Yep. I, I, I don't think that you're going to see McFadden or Alfred Morris be fantasy relevant. Yeah, and so if you're, if you're listening and you're, <laughs> you're being peppered with trade offers, you're a Zeke owner, and someone's trying to trade you McFadden or Morris – just pass. Unless yeah. it's crazy cheap, just pass. Look for a different A third-round pick and a rookie draft. Yeah, then take him. You know, two yeah. years ago, McFadden, on some, like if you look at fantasy football today, on their points-per-game scale, McFadden was actually eighth among running backs, running behind that same offensive line. So I don't know if this is necessarily a, uh, a bad thing for him. Uh, I think it boosts him on, so, on, on some front. Yeah, he. I mean, someone's gonna produce. Well, it's I will just... say this though. Now, uh, the the rumors of Morris being traded so they could get defensive line help, those are probably out the window because you can talk up Ronnie Hillman all you want when he's the number four back, but when there's a chance of actually playing him as the number two with no Elliott, no Morris, no way. Do you think the Cowboys make a move? If it's if it's definitely six games, there's no the appeal doesn't work. Do you think they go after someone? I don't know what they have to trade. To be honest, are, are like there a fourth round are, pick? Are there or any decent running backs? I'm I'm not up on my free agent wire right now. Are no, there not Are really. there any running backs on the wire that are somewhat interesting at all? If that no, was the case, really. the Packers would have scooped them up. I mean, the Packers. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, who, who's behind those two? Ronnie Hillman, right? Isn't that yeah. who's behind Morris and McFadden? So there's no luck there. I but think it's Morris and McFadden. Here. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of a player, like a, a team's third or fourth stringer that Dallas could trade for that might make an it, impact. It could be a scenario not. that come the uh, cut down to 53-man mm. rosters and, and everybody's going practice squad and that kind of thing, that Dallas snipes somebody that, that popped in the preseason and, and tries to rock him out and use him as well. And people will use all their waiver wire money. Yep, there goes all your fab. (laughs) Yeah, so... We didn't really touch on Jordan Matthews all that much in in this scenario, though, and I think that we should probably circle back to him. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about the knees aspect of it. Uh, You know, Philly had been talking him up for the last three weeks, saying that he was completely healthy. If that were the case, would they have been in a rush to trade him? Well, if that wasn't the case, would Buffalo accept that trade? Well, that's <laughs> they're, 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 they're going to have to put them through medical and yeah. all that stuff. So, but, but they get the medicals sent to you before, you know, obviously they have to give you a physical too, but uh, I don't know. To me, this looks like a long-term move more than a short-term move. Like they know that uh, Matthews will get healthy, you know, over the next month or two and that they foresee him being a, a linchpin for the next three to five years. Correct me if I'm wrong though. He's in a contract year mm-hmm. as well, right? Yes. This, yep. this, and he's I, a I think this was pick. a, this was a, let's collect as many picks. draft picks as possible. And if Jordan Matthews pops off and has an absolutely stunning year, then we can talk a contract extension with him. It's a, it's a long look at Jordan Matthews. That's probably the most sage thing we've heard maybe, in the last t- 10 minutes here. Maybe exactly. it's like a subtle tank job that we're not realizing yet, too. With their two oh, they're, they're competing to, with the Jets? And I don't know, <laughs> but, but, but it is the a good class. is going to be wild. What's but, the old adage about coaching? Lose them all your first year, you can only, do, you can only go up yeah, from there. And, yeah, and, obviously, with... A good defense like that and a great running game, they'll be in games. But at the same time, you're right. Uh, McDermott, uh, was it Brandon Bean, the GM, things like that. These people are on no pressure to really do well the first year because it's probably about the three- to five-year plan. If we think it's a, a tank job or a slight tank job, do you think LaShawn McCoy is next? I wonder if they think he's at the end of the line. His touch count is no, ridiculous, but I don't know. That he's 29 nice. years old. They're yeah. gonna just I, I, run him into the ground this year I and see what like happens. I think they like Matthews, and I think they like him for down the road. I think that's all that this means. Oh. You pick up an extra second and third, and you and you roll the dice with Matthews. It, it sounds like a good one. I don't know. I like conspiracy theories better. I, I want to think that they're just pissed at Tyra Taylor. They didn't want him back, so they're like, we'll take away your weapons. No, that's, <laughs> why would they trade for Matthews? Yeah, that's I mean, true. It, it was obviously there's a pick that's involved true. too, but yeah. they're trading away a pretty good corner. And <laughs> man, if the, if, if Matthews really were completely play. healthy, this would be a great boon for him. But at the same time, I I just kind of I think he'll be like that Gio Bernard where he's practicing and playing, but you don't really have any expectations for him for for September. So Oops. do you think the Bills line up with like their three slot receivers He's like stacked on there. top of each other <laughs> like just, just a, like in a single file line? I think <laughs> I remember playing NFL Blitz for Nintendo 64. And uh, they had a play like that where like all a three, trips right yeah, type was, of play. But they were a... they were lined up three in a row like that. And you could put a guy in motion and all that stuff. It was tough to defend that play right there. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be really fun to see that lined up, kind of like that Colts play from a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's almost a Canadian style doing? play. Yeah, that's. Oh, it's going to be interesting. I if they try to make Jordan Matthews play outside where he was just not the greatest at, that's going to be interesting. Maybe they think every every new team and new coach thinks they can make things work so well we went okay we, we should put a bow on it everything let's put a bow on it all right all right sounds good thanks for inviting me into your podcast fanball guys 
who yes. I sit, you know, a, a row of desks away from. <laughs> very, very close to. Well, for at M-I-N underscore J Clemens. That is correct, sir. And at Explosive Output. That's right. And myself at Scottfish24. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.